Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cart McCross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cart McCross Credit Union, O'Neill Street or CartMcCrossCU.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. You're very welcome to Friday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And again, a big congratulations to Anthony Mulholland, who won the car yesterday in the Blackstone Motors competition. What a great day we had at Blackstone in Dundalk. Thanks to the boys again and everybody involved. And I'll remember it for a long time. And I have to say another big thank you at the top of the show, because, you know, Pizza Baker has opened on the Denor Road in Drogheda beside the Thatch Pub. And guess what? We've just been eating pizzas before we came in here. And I have to say, they are the best I've ever eaten. And we say a big thank you to them as well uh, for the uh, sustenance before the show today. Enjoyed by all in sundry here in LMFM Radio. Women with Opinions coming after two o'clock. Carmel McCarthy, Kira Burke and Angela McCormick with us. And a little bit later on, yes, I'm going to Madrid because we have two lo- local guys who are there for the Champions League final. Noel Farnan and Michael Brennan. I think one has a ticket and the other hasn't. So that should be fun a little bit later on in the show. But first up today, he represented Ireland 1980. Eurovision uh, with uh, Jump the Gun what a song it was and it did really well for us he's enjoyed a highly successful career in the music business before and after and the last time he called into late lunch in December 2017 I can't believe it's that long ago he was in great form preparing his tribute to the late great Glenn Campbell and he's back with us today because four months later in the spring of 2018 Roy Taylor's life changed Roy you're welcome back to late lunch thank you very much Jerry. great to be here it's great to have you with us I can't believe, like, 17, I said, yeah. it felt like six months ago you were here, indeed, to be indeed. honest. Yeah. But anyway, subsequent to that, that show uh, was, I, I loved the music that day. Well, it was great. It I was. mean, Pearl Glenn had Alzheimer's, Yeah, fantastic musician, great singer. So he said, wouldn't it be appropriate to do one of his shows, his music, and raise money for a great cause? Yeah, and you did a wonderful job with that. So life was good. You were in mm-hmm. great form and Christmas turns over that in was 17. Like a rhinestone cowboy. I indeed you were. And the spring comes in in 2018. Mm. Tell us what happened. Take up the story from well, there. Well, actually, in around the time I was doing the Glen, Glen Campbell show, I was fairly weak, quite lethargic, uh, not very much energy, had lost a fair bit of weight. People were telling me I lost weight and thought I was on a kind of keep fit regime but uh, I was working very hard 
and didn't think too much of it. Eventually, it was getting to me a bit. So I had all the tests done. Uh, scopes up, scopes down, ultrasonic, x-rays, angiograms, everything came back fine. So when that happens, you think, happy days, it's yeah. just one of those things, Roy. Mm. Is that what you had in your head? More like, or less, yes. yes. Okay. I, got, I think I, got, I thought I got all the important things out of the way. Yes, yeah. So finally decided to go to neurologists. And uh, that's when the stark news was put upon me. I was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. Complete shock, totally unexpected. And uh, I suppose like most people, when you're put in that situation, everybody often wonders, what would I be like when I get that kind of diagnosis? What do you do? Do Mm. you jump up and down? Do you pull your hair out? Do you roll up in a ball? What do you do? Mm. For me, it was like, you know the part in the movie, Jerry, where a bomb goes off and it's in slow motion and you're just pinned to the wall and audio, it's, everything after that becomes inaudible. You just can't hear, and then you kind of get this uh, buffer in front of you trying to analyse what you've just heard. When you got that diagnosis, was your wife with you? She was, and my son Terence. So yeah. they were all there by your side. Mm-hmm. Tough, very tough. Especially when you don't suspect anything mm. of this nature. Yeah. And to be honest, I was in there for quite a while. We were talking about Eurovision, we were talking about music. And my neurologist asked me, have you thought about what it might be? And I think she was hoping that I might, but I didn't at no all. No suspicion whatsoever no. of what it was. No, I'd say for three or four weeks after, you can imagine, very little sleep had in the Taylor household. Uh, so I woke a lot. And every time I did, I was thinking, is this real? Is it a nightmare? Am I dreaming? I must be dreaming. Sure, I'm fine. You know, and it took about three or four weeks before it really set in that I have to deal with this. So I remember on the day I was diagnosed, I got a card uh, from one of the nurses from the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. And he said, give them a ring. Now, being told to ring them on that day or shortly after was like saying to me, you're an alcoholic, now ring the AA tomorrow. It just didn't register with me. Also, you kind of tend to think, I don't really want to ring these people. They're going to stick me in a wheelchair and stick me in a corner somewhere and tell me I'm not well, which is completely not the facts at all. So after about three or four weeks, I did ring them. They were extremely helpful and they do wondrous things. And uh, I decided after that, as I said before, I had two options, roll up on a ball, roll up my sleeves, and get on with it. And that's what I decided to do. I said, I'm not letting this disease have it all its own way. That's Roy Taylor speaking from the heart there, isn't it? That's the way it's always been with Roy Taylor, right through life. So, in a way, this took a little time to sink in with you. You know, what you'd just been told and where you were going to go with this. But the one thing was, the boxing gloves were on Mm. and were up and fighting with it. Now, in your life, you've performed as a musician all your life. Did you work as well? Had you had your day job or was music your full time? Music, almost music, full time. Very lucky. I had one day job way back in the black and white days, <laughs> Jurassic Park days. <laughs> what was that? I'm curious. Right. Oh, I worked as on, a, on the complaints department for a domestic electrical appliance company. So every day I had burnt toast thrown at me, <laughs> shirts with the shape of an iron gone through it, and every second day the manager sacked me <laughs> just to please the customer. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. It wouldn't have bothered you, I'm sure. You have that type of personality to deal with and, and calm people down and sort things out. But look, at music, of course, has been mm. your life. Writing, performing, touring, you name it. Yeah. What about the music? What did this mean for you straight away? Straight away, it was hang up the microphone, hang up the bass guitar. That was it. I decided I have to deal with this singing. I'm still singing a little bit. Uh, my damage report is I'm very weak in the legs, hands and arms and breathing, as you can probably hear. But I still have a voice. I mean, I can still do my Tom Jones. Listen. Yeah! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you get that, folks? We certainly got it loud so and clear. Easier to sing than talk, <laughs> believe it or not. But, but uh, you had to leave down the guitar because of... Yeah. The fingers issues with weak. the fingers and that as well but the, the thing is Jerry, after about three or four weeks I said I'm going to have to roll up the sleeves get on with it and you try and look for something that's going to inspire you to keep going now there's a priest called Father Tony Coote he raised a lot of money for the Motor Neuron Disease Association he did a walk around Ireland phenomenal he raised over 500,000 fantastic now Tony rang me shortly after I was diagnosed and I had to say to him, I said, look, can I ask you something? He, he actually gave the last rites to someone with motor neuron disease a year and a half before he got it himself. And he said, God, I'd hate to get that. And I said, well, hang on a second. You have the gold card. You're in the club upstairs. How do you feel with the man above? Are you sure changed or what, Tony? And he said, no. He says, I've great faith. I've really, really strong faith. And I envied him because it's something I don't have. So I had to find my own faith and I found that in positivity. So you, were you reared in a faith as, as a child? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Brought up, sure, at the school with the Christian brothers. The whole lot, like, yeah, like, really like the most of us and there's been a huge drift. We know that in mm. the country for uh, particular reasons which have been well documented elsewhere. But in, in positivity, you say, is your faith. But when you are told something like this, do you start to look further or do you, do you start to come back to faith? No, look, a number of people did say to me, I have, I have a cousin who was very ill about 10 years ago and she said, look, she had 3% survival chance from cancer. She got through it and she credited St. Philomena. And I said, right. So she says, please wear this uh, r- rope uh, and I'll say prayers for you. And I said, absolutely, please do. And please tell the man upstairs, I'll be delighted if he helps me out and I'll be the first to jump up and down if he does. And with the greatest respect, anybody from any religion that wants to pray for me, I absolutely appreciate it. You are so positive about this. What about back to your wife and son mm. and your immediate family yeah. and your, your greater family in the music industry? Yes. I'm sure there's been such a, a well of support for you. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's been phenomenal. My friends from all over, my jump the gun friends mm. are there by my side all the time. My son is a musician. Both my sons, th- three of my sons, they're all mm. musicians, have been phenomenal, have been great. My youngest, my daughter, Ella, she's, she's 10. She actually won a singing competition at Christmas online for a Christmas carol and she won it, 500 euro, and she donated the money to research Morton Euron. So we're all involved. Mm. We're all doing well. But I was making the point about positivity. Positivity is not something you just, just I think I'll be positive today and that's it. Because your body doesn't get that message. Inside my body saying, oh, I don't know about you, Roy, but I'm not feeling great about this. And it's sending the wrong message to the brain. So it's a very slow process. 
And it's not something you have every day. Mm. There's plenty of days where there's tears. But even at that, I try to turn the tears into positivity. I see it like servicing a car, the engine of a car. You drain out the old oil, it's ready to run again the next day. And that's the way I, I go about it. I've done everything. I took supplements for the gut. Now, they don't cure M&D, but M&D doesn't like them, so I take them. Mm. And I, I was able to tell my neurologist something that she didn't know, and she's one of the best in the world. I, says, I'm, I said to her, Professor Herdman, I'm going to tell you something scientific that you don't know. And she was really curious. She says, what's that? I said, I'm going to tell you the sex of my disease. And I said, it's male. She said, well, it's because you're male. I said, no, it's because I kick it in the nuts every day of the week. <laughs> 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 That's Orla Hardman, is it? Yes. yes. She sat in that very chair with mm. me some time ago. She's a wonderful, 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 wonderful woman and a brilliant woman that you, you have on your side as yeah. well. Besides what you've been taking food-wise and supplements and that, can you do anything, get any help physically? Yeah, I've done, I've, look, a lot of the things I've done are only short-lived for me. Like I try physiotherapy, I've tried osteopaths, chiropractors, um, neuron activation, and they're all great and they're positive for a week, two, three, four and that keeps me going. And then I look for something else. I might read something positive which was not easy because anything you look at motor neuron is the Grim Reaper. Mm. And I, I'd look at documentaries. There's a great documentary on Netflix called Heal. H-E-A-L. Uh, it's not about motor neuron but it's about the power of positivity. And I recommend it to anybody. Things like that. Uh, i tell you what's very inspirational. What I'm doing at the moment as you know I'm the ambassador for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association yes. for their campaign Drink Tea for MND. The amount of support I'm getting personally for this is phenomenal. People phoning and saying, listen Roy, we want to do a tea party. For me, that's again kicking it in the nuts. Mm. I love it. And we're going to get more people on board with this campaign this afternoon. Roy Taylor is staying with me. We, I want to talk to him more. Uh, you know this guy. How many thousands out there has this man entertained over the years I'll just mention locally the Weavers in Drogheda sure he was synonymous for it, with it for years the D Hotel many other places throughout the country you know him he's a friend of yours if you'd like to comment today we'd love to hear from you 086 1800 658 by text or WhatsApp or you can call in on 1850 715 958 and more about this special day for MND it's the 21st of June it's the longest day of the year in a few moments with Roy the wonderful Roy Taylor is with me on Late Lunch this afternoon and he's talking to us about his motor neuron diagnosis in the spring of 2018. Jerry, great to hear your guest, Roy. Would you play <laughs> Don't Stop the Carousel? I'm sure that'll bring a smile to Roy Taylor's face, Vera. I love the man. I love his music and good luck to him going forward. Another one there coming into us just now. What an inspiring man is Roy Taylor. I wish him all the best. I just love him and his music. And they're right, lovely, aren't they? Lovely to hear don't those the carousel please don't break the spell here we go he can do it he can do it he <laughs> can belt it out still that is for sure tell me this when, you, when, when you're told this and, and it sinks in and you know what you're facing and you mm. talked about the positivity and all you're doing do you consider far ahead or do you want to think about that yeah I do I do like let me tell you something one of the things a lot of people do with this disease see you have to remember it's different for everybody I had a brother-in-law passed away with it seven years ago from the day of diagnosis he passed a year and three days later very fast very progressive some I see it like I see mother neuron like a raindrop on a window pane it can go left right slow down halt 
stay here for a while, I like it here, or I might take a little shimmy and go further. That's what it's like. A man uh, emailed me the other day, Andy, up in Leitrim. He has it 40 odd years. You know, the message I want to get across to people as well is, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. This disease will be beat. I promise you folks, you heard it here on LMFM, it will be beat. There is a huge, a huge push, I know, in the world mm. on this one, in, in yeah. the research, and it's happening yes. all over the place. I must tell you in a few minutes about what my next plan after drink tea is. OK, let's talk about drink tea for a minute, because this day is coming up on the 21st of June, which is the longest day of the year, mm-hmm. and Super Value are supporting it again this year. But what you're saying, anybody can organise a tea party at Absolutely, any stage. Absolutely, Jerry. All you do is get in touch with the Irish Motor Neuron Disease Association. They'll send you with a pack. In fact, there's a, there's a tea party happening in Trinity Quarter this next Friday. I'm going to come down. So if anybody was to drop in, anything you want to know about M&D, we're afraid to ask, I'll be there. What time is that happening at? It's around 12 to 2. 12 to 2 yeah. in the middle of the day yeah. in the Trinity Quarter on yeah. Trinity Street. And a beautiful venue there, I have to say. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, gorgeous. You'll love it when you love see it. the theatre and everything there. And I want to remind listeners... If, if you're not doing a party, all you have to do is text MND to this number, 50300. That's 50300. Text MND to that, and it's to you, you're donating. So you can do that Brilliant. straight away. You can do that absolutely And remember, Jerry, what are you doing every time you send it in? It's kicking. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know what you know what <laughs> they're dry roasted yeah. and they're salted you know Correct. the things we're talking about as well what's your plan beyond this you were going to tell me you have yeah. you have you have something on your mind yeah. yes well drink tea runs for the end of the month yep and I'm delighted by the way to be part of it it's fantastic but after that I set up my own initiative with my son Terence I have a brand new single coming out that I've written recorded with the finest musicians in the country the band is called Roy Taylor and the MND Assassins the song is called Watch Your Back, MND. It's a big swing number. It's not a depressing thing you want to run away from. It's a positive song to send out the positive message to sufferers and carers, not only in Ireland, all over the world. And I'm going to predict to you now, six to nine months from now, I'll be talking to some American TV show about this because I'm the first guy in the world having motor neuron disease, or ALS as they call it in the States, to do this. The video comes out as well. It's a big, big swing number, style of Boupley, Sinatra. Brilliant. It's about kicking this thing in the backside. Terrific. Are, are they more uh, attentive of you at home, your children, the boys, your daughter, your wife? Uh, do, you, do you find that now? Or as, uh, no, we live life as normal as, as we possibly As it can. was. There's yeah. no change there at all. No. I'm still getting around. I'm fortunate that my progression is slow and uh, I'm doing everything I can to keep it that way. Mm. So no, no, life is normal. We just get on with it. Well, let's do a bit of normality now. Mm. You <laughs> star in Eurovision for Ireland. You were part of the halcyon days of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they doing now? Are they going down the street and saying, can you sing? Will you sing for Ireland this oh year? Oh, my God. I, look, it's turned into a CGI competition, I think. Uh, you know, the effects. I, it's hard to... You know, look, old school me would say old school songs are better. The real songs, you know. I remember a few years ago when things started going a bit skewy when we had dust in the turkey. Oh, Roy, stop. And someone said to me, what do you think of Ireland's entry? And I said, I think we're up against it because Denmark have a cardboard box. And they went, oh, really, have they? 
I no, I'm joking. Yeah. But it got that way that they actually farcical. Found. Yeah, absolute farcical. Yeah. But we seem to as well not put much much store. Now you no. remember? Do you remember the national competitions with yeah. the regional juries? I can't understand and why they don't do that because people what? love that. We love a jury. It. Hello. Yes. Try to hear our 10 points. They <laughs> yeah. love a bit of crack. Absolutely. No, it's just an afterthought. Yeah. And I know the thing has gone in a, a different direction. But maybe it's time for a breakaway Eurovision. I'm just thinking about this. Mm. To return to the real values of it with real songs yeah. and performers. Sounds good to me, Jerry. What we do a duet? Let's. <laughs> oh, I'd be afraid I'd be in the dust in school there. I wouldn't like to bring you down. <laughs> I'll leave that to you, the professionals who, who can, can do, do it. But uh, look, the, the, the scene is vibrant. And I did mention here the Weavers in Drogheda. Yeah. My God, jump the gun and you had some time oh, there, hadn't you, Roy? Well, Eamon Duffy. Yeah. Say hello yeah. to Eamon today. He's a great man. Hi, Eamon. Hope you're out there listening. Oh, in. I'm sure he is. He catches us from time right. to time. That's for sure. But those years were special. And it's it, it, we mentioned I think before. It's now revamped and reopened yeah, again with another young crew there. Oh my god! You've been it's you've been down. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. I did a gig you there played, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, it's beautiful. That brought some crowd back there. Oh, it's a great. Time. Had the faces yeah. changed? Has had the body shapes it's, it's, changed? It's, it's, it's the kids of the kids <laughs> <laughs> that are there now. Yeah, really, it is. Times move on, don't they? Now, you have, um, just to finish up, written something, uh, especially for the Tea Day, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, Drink Tea for MND. Decided I've got to write a jingle for them. I do a lot. I write a lot of jingles. LMFM, you hearing me? Um, <laughs> just for this, something that will really drill into people's heads. There's kids going around singing it all day. So it's called Drink Tea for MND. And it's, it's on, on YouTube if you search Drink Tea for MD you'll hear it and see it and it's me with the guys there Jump the Gun and Jump the Gun are involved here all yeah. the boys as well let, we're going to hear it now in a second to finish up but let me remind people again June 21st Drink Tea for MND you can do it beforehand and you can text MND to 50300 now to donate to Euro get doing it I encourage you any day this month you want to have your tea party have go it. ahead Roy Taylor thank you for joining us on the thank show thank you Jerry. pleasure I wish you well and here is your jingle lunch with Blackstone Motors. Don't miss out on amazing 192 early bird offers at Blackstone Motors today for exclusive 192 offers on all things Renault and Dacia and the full Renault commercial van range. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda. It is that time of the month, the final Friday. This hour, two to three, is a tradition now in late launch for Women With Opinions. And this afternoon on the show, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Cameron McCarthy, Kira Burke and Angela McCormick. Ladies, you're all very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Jerry, I don't like you sure. make, mentioning it as the time of the month. <laughs> it just sounds like um, something else. Oh, my so, God. Uh, like, 
were three lovely ladies. Look, what a uh, faux pas. Exactly, Jerry. Of a certain age. <laughs> of a certain age. <laughs> yeah, so could you just refrain can I say? Sentence, can please? I say I've done a Maria Bailey on this? <laughs> yes. Will that get us into the first topic and get me off the hook or off the swing? <laughs> Angela McCormick. <laughs> Hasn't this woman added to the gaiety of the nation? She definitely has. She's kept us all entertained and I'm sure that she has actually done Fine Gael a little bit of a favour because there are less questions. I mean, she's taken our minds off some serious issues and they, they have less questions to ask about a poor electrical, electoral performance. Not a great electoral performance, though fair dues they did well in the Europeans. So, yes, she has actually entertained us all and we're all talking about it. Now, I, in, a, in an odd way, I know that I'm probably the only person on the planet I feel sorry for the woman because she has made an unholy show. <laughs> so, she has. She has. I, I, and I, and on, in a sort of way, I wonder who advised her. I mean, one, her legal advice, and two, her political advice, and three, her public relations advice. You're going. She, she, she just, she just simply walked from one disaster. <laughs> I could see. I was. I listened back to the Sean O'Rourke interview on, on RT, and I had read the article in the Sunday Independent uh, on on the Sunday. And what you say, I had sympathy for her after, in a way, after reading that article. She got a softest ride she yes. could have gotten in the Sunday Indo, and. I mean, when the pop it had came out that she had ran a 10k race in a very respectable mm. time, three weeks after her accident, where she she couldn't couldn't be couldn't function for three months, it, she should have shut up. Mm. She got a soft ride. Shut it. Disappear. Oh. Disappear. Disappear. There was no need to do any more at that stage. Yes. That that is. See if she was talking to you with your public relations expertise, Angela. Yeah. You'd have guided her perfectly. Maria, you listening? This woman could have looked after you. Don't put your foot into it. Give her a shout next time. Kira Burke on the serious matter of this. This insurance thing, as we know, we've been talking about it. The business is Carmel. You know yourself in Louth and Mead, in especially the uh, entertainment sphere and uh, your own business as well, Kira with Sage yeah. and Stone, and the cost of insurance. Did this woman not have a tither or a wit when you hear... An elected member of the governing party, I think that she should not have taken this case. This is, I mean, she should know herself. I mean, any respectable member of the community will know not to make a claim unless, I mean, if it's a genuine, if it's a genuine thing, that's, you know, fine if you have had genuine... But not falling off a swing with two bottles of alcohol in your hand. I mean, it's a laughing... One in each. a laughing stock. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's no way... I mean, I've had various um, situations in our in our cafe um, where we've had to deal with, you know, someone falling yes. or whatever. But you're afraid of your life because uh, you have to mention everything to the insurance company and then the insurance company will send an assessor to see if you're at fault or they're at fault or whatever. And like if there's a claim made, like you might as well close your doors because there is no way you would be able to pay for your insurance the following year. And people need to know this. People need to know that this is the reality. If you want your local businesses to stay in business, please don't do like, you know, ridiculous Yes, like we're this. not saying if you are genuinely oh, hurt genuine, or injured, yeah. nobody has an issue with that in any sphere of life. But it's one like this and with our position as a TD in the governing Absolutely. party yeah. when this is a major issue on the table for them. Let me ask you this, Carmel, to bring in on this. 
How do you think Leo's dealt with this? Does a, another single man commission of inquiry or something happening for the next two weeks? Oh, God. Uh, how, I think Leo is keeping his trap shut until he gets the full story. And that's where the, the, the inquiry, uh, the commission of inquiry, and there's a barrister going to sit on mm. that. And we're going, now this is more rubbish and nonsense. Leo needs to get her in and slap her wrists very, very sharply. I mean, this is a woman who is actually one of our legislators. Please bear that in mind. And like I, the, the only piece of legislation I can look at is health and safety legislation. Right. There are two things in, in health and safety legislation, two words that are key, reasonable and practical. Right. And the whole thing about it is that hotel were both reasonable and practical in the way that they had those swings there. It wasn't a maintenance issue. They didn't fail there. Right. Okay. she said there were no signs up. I am sorry. There is a certain amount of assumed risk when you go in and see a a swing there and you place your butt on it. Mm. You know, if even someone's st- stone cold sober and if they t- you take a wobble, you can go. Mm. You have chosen to sit on that swing, which she did that night. And then she tries and, and to come back and say, now, and th- this is the issue I have with the legal people. Uh, come back and, and advise her about uh, there was no signage up. Mm. I'm. This is getting ridiculous, yes. and this is what gets health and safety mm. a bad name. Mm. And you know, we've got to look at that. I I was just discussing this with my husband, and I said, I have um, a niece who's visually impaired, right, totally blind. If she went in there to sit on that sign, I'd sit on that swing. Now there's no signs around; she wouldn't have been able to see them if they were. What would she do? She'd hold on with both hands. Mm pure common sense and taking responsibility for your own behaviour. What the message that she is sending out is saying, it's okay on one hand if I legislate for you guys but on the other hand, I can throw my teddy in the corner and do what I choose to do and in turn be one of the people that is pushing up premiums for everyone in the country. Do you think what Carmel says there, uh, Angela, like that Veradkar now has you know, another inquiry. It's only a minor one and it's only one person involved. I do know. But should he not have... She's a, the chair of some uh, group, isn't uh, she? The Housing Commission, yeah. I think it is. Should he not just have said... Oh, well, well she, yes, but I think what he's doing, this is just a delaying tactic. Now, why he's delaying it, I don't know, but maybe he's just waiting on things to die down. He doesn't need a barrister to get the facts. All of the facts, pretty much, have been in the oh, public, public domain. Mm. So so, it, so it's simply a delaying tactic. But oddly enough, I do think Maria Bailey's done the public some service because there's this idea that an accident can be viewed as a financial opportunity and you don't have any responsibility for yourself. Um, and maybe that, that's part of the problem with our whole claims culture it's it's grown developed the legal profession have facilitated it so maybe this thing will will um just change that that culture but but also i say maria bailey's political career is uh she's thrown it away in tatters Mm. in tatters well just on the on the same side as the insurance you know for like a play play centres and you know I would love to have a playground in my outside my cafe and I would love to put one there for the children who come and for the parents to entertain the kids I will not put one in it because 
it would be we, I would never be able to get insurance for it and uh, I, if I had one claim I might as well be shut down so people are always saying it to me and it's, it's the same with every business around the country and people need to know this there would be so much more facilities there would be so many more playgrounds in this country there would be so many more places to go for kids if we didn't have this claim culture so people really you know be mindful the the two, the, the, I mean Maria Bailey was offered rightly or wrongly by the hotel 600 euro for her medical expenses yeah. that wasn't crazy. enough she wanted to go yeah. to the high court where she could have perhaps got 60,000 and you see I, w- I was at a, um, a conference recently and there was a person speaking from one of the insurance companies and he said part of the reason why they settle on the steps is because you could go into court one judge will say take a hike this is nonsense get out of it another judge could turn around and say oh well you know there's an injustice done to this person and I'll award X, Y and Z so that is the biggest issue too mm. you know I think judges have just got to all sing from the same hymn sheet and say no we We've got to hold yes. fast on this. Yeah. We have got to support particularly uh, small to medium businesses who held the country together during the recession. But I won't go on to that one. But I just think Maria Bailey. However, we might say she's in tatters, but, you know, we're very forgiving. Oh, listen, I'm going to come on to this in a minute, but I just want to read a comment that's come from Anne. We'd love you to join in the conversation. Do join us if you have something to say. We want to hear from you. WhatsApp or text 086-1800-658. Anne was on and says, greed, Jerry. She saw the dollar signs. What was she doing on the kids swing anyway? <laughs> Thanks for that comment, Anne. I'm going to take a break because I don't want to get into this and have to break in a moment. What I'm going to move on to is, and it's a point you make well, Carmel, because I wanted to talk about the elections a week on and the dust has almost settled. Unless you're in Munster where they're supposed to be counted for a month. What are they using? An abacus to count or something? I don't know what the hell is going on. But the point you make is valid because we have short memories, because people have been elected in these elections gone by that have been exposed by prime time. What does it say about us as a people? We're going to find out from the girls after the break. Thank you for your comments to Women With Opinions this afternoon on Late Lunch. Jerry. the poor woman, she probably wasn't getting enough wages. Don't get us started on that one. As, uh, Paddy's been on to say, here, here, I agree with those women. Brilliant on Miss Bailey. So right, he says. Uh, and there's another couple there about elections, which we're going to come on to in a moment. Now, Carmel, I'll, I'll come back to you because you, you raised this as well. Look. The elections happened a week ago and congratulations to all the winners. And I do want to say a big congratulations to Sharon Kilgan, mm-hmm. who picked up two seats in Meath, and to Kevin Callan, who did likewise in the uh, Louth constituency. And I just saw a link. Can I tell you, I'm going to say this, there's a real link here. Do you know that Miss Sharon Kilgan and Mr Kevin Callan took part in lose weight and feel great on LMFM's must late be, lunch that show. That must be the whole reason. That's <laughs> what you have to do, political heads, if you want to win two seats and get elected. There's only half of you there. Slim down two seats. But Carmel, on a serious note, look, Look, let's go back and, and consider that Huey McElvaney, for example, and the expose that Primetime did a few years ago. That guy, John O'Donnell, in the Donegal area. Joe Queen in Sligo, who resigned from Fianna Fáil. All re-elected. The Healy Rays swept the boards. The Lowry's in Tipperary. What does it say about us? I, you know what, I'm I'm saddened to say it, it really says that we're, we're a share of gums to do something like that. I mean, I personally, if someone had dirtied their copybook like that, there is no way that I would give them a vote. But 
I think particularly in rural Ireland, we it's very much parish pump politics. Mm. And it's, well, I knew his father and his father knew my grandfather and he did that for him 50 years ago. There's, there's too much of that goes on. And people, no matter what, people vote personality and who they know and what they know. And that's, that's the problem. Now, that I'm saying with uh, rural Ireland, I'm not sure if when Maria Bailey, if she goes up again, whether Dublin, whether the Dunleary constituency would be a bit uh, more cruel to her and say, take a hike. It would be very, very interesting. But like, Mick Wallace is another example, like admitted falsifying the VAT yes. and etc. Yeah. But, but, but Carol, hold on, there's a yeah. little subtle nuance you're saying there. Mm. Are you saying that the city slickers yeah. will put yeah. the boot in if you do wrong and the country bumpkins won't? Well, uh, that it will be interesting to see. See what happens. Yeah. Angela? I think Carmel has a point because in the rural areas it's a lot easier to see you know Michael Lowry got all the money for the football club for the sake of argument or whatever whereas when you're in the city it's much less clientele politics has less of an opportunity to flourish yeah. and I don't know what's going on down in Kerry but I was down in Kerry for the weekend the posters for the Healy Rays all whatever three generations of them up and not only that there were auxiliary candidates Candidates who were and we're in a Gaeltacht area, uh, who were going up. They they were uh, their their line of their poster was that they were working with the Healy Rays. So that you know, they, I, I don't know what <laughs> they, they have. I don't know what they have. But uh, look, it started Nepotism. with the father. You know, with the yeah. cap. But the, and but the thing about it is, though, if the the locals think that they are doing the work for them, mm-hmm. they are going to vote them in time and time yeah. again. So here and it if is. If they are doing the work for them, are they? You know, like. We might think that they're a laughing stock mm. because of their, you know, accents and the way they go on or whatever. But for the local people on the ground, they are the best thing since sliced bread. And that's why they're getting elected time and time again, because they're doing work for the local. They're area. extremely clever in the way they manage the electorate. Exactly. And they are also extremely clever in the way they manage information, because yeah. it could well happen that the Department of Sport was going to grant the money for the football club anyway, because the football club had applied. But blah, 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 blah. Local TD comes in. Look what I got for you. Yeah. So it's not just... Just that exactly. they are doing the work. Yeah, there is a certain amount of representing the, you know. But and, there's and also uh, the people who, oh, I voted Fianna Fáil, my father voted Fianna Fáil, yeah. my mother voted Fianna So it's the party thing going on as mm. well. Wh- mm. Whether you have Krusty the Clown up on the poster, yeah. if yeah. they're Fianna Fáil, they're going to vote him. Yeah. And uh, the thing that really annoys me is is that the sons and daughters of politicians getting automatically yeah. coming, yeah. coming in on their, their family's reputation. So does this sum it up, really? The, they may have question marks hanging over them, but there are question marks. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, I think there's an Irishness. Uh, about is like there that, something yeah. about that yeah. in our DNA? Or, well. or do we like somebody who has a little bit of a whiff of sulphur? I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Absolutely. I mean, Charlie stayed in power for years with a whiff of sulphur. Yes. yes. Well, I'd call it a whiff of something else, but I wouldn't <laughs> say it on air. Charvet shirts, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. perfume that he bought in Paris, of course, yeah. wasn't he? Just And you see the way we laugh at it because there yeah. is that in us. We we like the twinkle in the eye. But the bit of a rose, Bertie was we? the best. Uh, PR man on the planet, lovely man, and he would he would charm the birds from the trees, mm. and you know he like, just had no bank accounts and seventeen of them, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like 
he was the best lad in, in the pub on a Friday night. Yeah, I know, when he won all the money on the horses. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it, it is. You know, and I, we're laughing at British politics at the moment, but we should look at ourselves as well a lot of the time. Um, here's some of the comments. Jerry. when do the posters have to be down? What is the fine per poster? I look forward to reporting them if the posters are still up. Well, I have to congratulate a man in me, Alan Laws, who didn't put up a poster at all and was elected. Well done to you, Alan, on that one there. But there is a time limit on the posters mm. and if they're not down, yeah, they're in trouble. We'll, we'll find out that for you in a moment. Good on you, Carmel. You're dead right about Maria Bailey. Risk assessment. Grania Lynn has been on us there. Lovely to hear from you, Grania. What about this one? This is so true. Jerry, the South of Ireland European election recount reported nationally 750,000 votes cast and to cost... One million mm. euro. I know the basic times tables are not taught in the schools today, but come on, oh, one th- euro thirty cent to count each ballot. Are we having a laugh? Yeah. Good yeah. comment. Yeah. You are so right there. But you know, there's way too many um, con- uh, people on that ballot paper. Way too many people. <laughs> yeah. Sure. How would you ever count them? All the transferable votes. Well, you see, do you know the rule here. You only need sixty signatures. Do you know that? You only then you, you could do a whip round your local yeah. housing estate. Sixty signatures for any Joe Soap to run in the European election. Sixty and a deposit. The deposit might be around eleven or twelve hundred euro, maybe over a thousand euro. But they'll find the money. But you only need sixty signatures. Is that but too small? No oh, absolutely. Jeez, I think I might myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, listen, I like here, we'll get the sixty here you. for you today. Yeah, great. Yeah. Oh no, for that, that's a laugh. Sixty yeah, 60. signatures. That's all it takes. Out, out of uh, what have we got? Four and a half million <laughs> yeah. people in the country. So you uh, know, no. you do get the people. And what about the guy? I, Louise is going to kill me, but I'm going to mention this again. What about the fellow in Galway that got one vote? vote. I mean, well, and has he yeah. no friends? Oh, his family was standing beside him at the declaration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet <No>. Lord. <laughs> I he obviously didn't want to encourage him. <laughs> I can see them written out of a will fairly handy. He yeah. looked left and right. I, I voted for myself. <laughs> he, was, he was the only one that oh won vote. It's, it's, yeah, you yeah. can see it. The guy yeah. in Galway. Yeah, God yeah. Almighty. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Uh, why sad. did he run? Well, he'll probably be in the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> he, he may be. He may be. What do you think? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's the gut feeling? What's the, the, the word on the ground, Angela? And you have the feelers out there. A, a general election potentially before the end of the year? Yes or no? Hard to say. Um, I think obviously there's, there's four by-elections that are going to be necessary and they have to be in the next six months. Um, I think everybody is reluctant. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, nobody performed startlingly well mm. in the last few elections. Now, the, the other thing with, with the Greens coming on strong, now people will make the point that uh, in lo- kind of secondary elections like local elections and the European elections, people vote with their hearts. In a general election, they vote with their pockets. So it, it, the, 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 the results will be, but there's, there's nothing to encourage anyone to go to the polls, basically. Mm. There's no major need to go to the polls. There's nothing, uh, and the, the electorate are a bit tired after this election there's Brexit coming up so but then November is a bad time of year for for an election Mm. you know Angela McCormick saying next year it's going to go to 2020 what do you think yeah well the thing is I know that there were a few rumbles that because of the four uh, by elections having said that it's not going to change the the landscape if we have a general election so I think it's just going to be people are going to be fatigued from it as you say Angela and also um, as I say it's it's not going to change waste of money Kira. I think the media would love a general election because they'd have something to talk about for the next um, whatever four months or whatever but I am just election fatigued I just want a year at least off because we're going to have to listen to that Brexit crap for the next Are you listening weeks, Leo the girls don't want it there's a yeah. basic feeling in here to leave but it there's next no year. need for one because yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit yeah. Yeah. so, so we, like, let's decide Let's see what happens Clarification for us for uh, the listener who was on about the posters uh, the rules for election posters are covered in section 19 of the Litter Pollution Act 1997 and the Electoral Act 2009. Posters go up no more than 30 days before an election and they must be removed within seven days of the polling day. So today Mm. is, you know, you're over nearly into tomorrow. Posters put up too early are not taken down in time. Face an on-the-spot fine of... 150 euro each so if per you have poster. per poster wow so well, if someone you've... would want to get there so they're out get out with the clippers and get your lathers <laughs> off this evening yeah. and, and, and save yourselves that money anyway don't save yourselves from us because we're taking a short break and the girls are back next up tipping in restaurants do you tip the climate emergency are you willing to pay the green wave has elected a lot of people green across Europe and parents of students at Rathode College are requesting school management to stop using iPads for teaching all coming up in the next half hour with Women With Opinions. Keep those comments coming to us. We love them. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text because today Carmen McCarthy, Kira Burke and Angela McCormick are, bait- are debating the hot issues of the day. It's Women With Opinions on late lunch this final day in May. Tipping in restaurants, do you? 
how much is appropriate? Do you ever consider where do the tips go, Carmel McCarthy? Yes, I do. Um, I always tip. Now, having said that, where I see a service charge applied, I question it to see does it go to the staff because it could be some uh, proprietor muddying the waters mm. a little bit and saying well you can pay half the wages and that it doesn't go as a tip to the staff uh, I would always generally tip around 12.5% You make that up in your mind at the end of a meal you yeah, say roughly around that rough, yeah. and, and uh, Do you leave it in cash or do you add it to the card if you're paying by card? Again, uh, if I have cash I leave it in cash yes. uh, Some places will accept the card but again I would have the question does this go to the staff yeah and that's the bit I like I like to have the opportunity to decide if I wish to tip if the service is good enough I don't like the service charge going on because I do feel that it really is the wages whereas I like to be able to give give a tip and say look do you know what that was great service you deserve that okay. and often I'll go over the odds on it Angela well, I'm going to be terribly unpopular here and say, yes, I do tip, but I, too, I tip because it's an obligement and an obligation and it would usually be around 10%. However, I have got this view that staff should be paid the going rate for their work. I shouldn't be paying the staff's wages. And I'm sorry if, if nobody likes that view. I, I would prefer restaurateurs build their wages costs into their overall structure and I will pay the bill. I would like to be able to give a tip that's a gratuity to Mary Jane or Joe, who I thought gave me good service. That is the way I like to do things. And I find I can't actually do that. Um, I, in terms of the way I do do tips, I, I'm kind of reluctant to put stuff on a, on a credit card. Even if I pay the bill with a credit card, I'll try and put it down on the table or in cash, cash. because I don't actually trust. And I would, even if it does go into a jar and, and, and everybody gets their share, that's all. You know, that, that's, if that's the way they want to do it. But I would prefer to actually, if I liked Rosie and she gave me good service, tip Rosie. OK, and what about where you see in a bill service charge included? Would you, is that what you're saying, that uh, you'd prefer to see that built into the overall? Built in, into the overall. I mean, I don't, I don't know what percentage of my spaghetti bolognese involves the, the chef's wages and the, the, the whatever. So, and I don't actually need to know. You just charge me a price for the bolognese. You know what I mean? You, you just charge, that, that's built into your costs. And and I and you pay your wages out of your staff, and that mm. that, that that that's part because I, I I have this thing particularly in the states. My my brother lives in the states. I'm just back from a wedding in the states, and you don't know what you're doing there. The staff we don't, we're not our system isn't as bad because we have a minimum wage system, mm. but it, it's a similar principle. Uh, they're sti- they 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 they, li- they depend on their tips to live, and it's a very insidious kind of system. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. Now, let's bring in the restaurateur from Sage and Stone and Delique, Miss Kira Buck, who's been listening intently to our <laughs> colleagues here. Give yeah. us the management angle. Well, first of all, on the American thing, I know when I was working in America, there was lots of people who paid to work in a restaurant because of the tips, because you get paid nothing. And some places it's a dollar an hour if you're, you know, but in Ireland, you get minimum wage at as the very least, I prefer to pay a living wage, and that's why I I, I have maintained my staff because uh, they have a good uh, good quality of life, and uh, I don't treat them like crap, and they get their tips. So I the tips are managed by a member of staff, and they have a list of all the staff that we we divide it all equally. So anything that goes into the jar gets divided out. So and the, fir- the fifth 
whatever 50 the first 50 comes up gets to the first person then the next one the next one yes. and it goes in a, and then the part timers get a pro rata amount for yes, the amount of time fair. that they but so what about the, very the card system, what about card if the money's put on the card well actually it, because I'm, I'm too fair um, the card comes off it comes at the end of the day you can see how much tips and it goes into the jar. Okay. Right? All right. But I pay tax on the tips. Yeah, I understand. Oh, so I understand that. Yeah. So yeah. I end up paying the tax. Yeah. So I'm, and I have worked in lots of different restaurants and I have always got my tips. Mm. Even if it's the service charge on the on the thing, at the end of the day, you'll know, I'll actually get it. I remember one restaurant and if I was serving a table of 10 people and the service charge, sometimes they have the service charge over tables of six. And if it was a table, you'd get it like as soon as they had paid. It would be in your your little cup mm. or whatever. Mm. So uh, so most places, I mean, you have to be transparent because otherwise you wouldn't keep it your staff. Yeah. Now, unless you want to have a high turnover of staff, but if you're not transparent, people get pissed off very quick. Mm. And they leave you. And they leave you. So, so that's not in, in my, in, like, that's not in my interest. You have a very ecumenical system, let me say, and it works very well for you and everybody's happy with it. And no, that's why we get more tips. Do, because do you, the people prefer to know the staff that they have. Okay. They can go in and know them every day when they come in. They is call tipping important? Do some people not tip? Some people don't. They just and, and, and that's, that's up to everybody. That's their and if you give a good service and people, you know, they give it a nice tip, you know, like it, it's not obligatory. Mm. No, no. I, I mean, I have to say, I've been known not to tip where yeah. the service has been just Absolutely. rubbish. Yeah, absolutely rubbish. But my son told me a lovely uh, story. He was working in this bar restaurant in Georgia Street in Dublin and he de- a, a group of ladies says, he said, Mother, they were a kind of your age group. I'll say no more. He's in. And anyway, he looked after them. So when they came to pay the bill, they gave him 20 euros and said, now you're to keep that for yourself. And he says, well, you know, there's more than me here, so it'll go into a jar, but thank you very much. So and, anyway, the ladies left he went to clean the table and here there was a hundred euros on the table and he said oh god he said because he knew that they were you know organizing you know mary was given 50 another one was given 50 and he said that's been left there an hour so of course he took off down the street after the woman because as he said all he could see was me and my Mm. friends been there and she nearly died she says oh you're so honest and she gave him another 20 euro and said now that's not to go into the jar (laughs) (laughs) I love it uh, you I know, love it. Yeah, it's just it. great. It's yeah, great. It's, it's just interesting. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get a perspective on yeah. this. Have you an opinion on it? Get in touch with us. Usual numbers 086 1800 658. Quick one on Trump's visit to Ireland. It's happening. He's visiting the UK on an official state visit. He's coming here to Doonbeg. He's going to play a bit of golf. And he said, Leo, come down to Doonbeg and have a chat with me. Would you go if you were Leo? Uh, I I would be very reluctant to, but I think Leo has to be seen to respect the office of the President mm. of the United States. Yeah. And I think that, in fairness to Leo, uh, is his it, the pickle that he's in at the moment. Now, if it wasn't, I'd be leaving him. I actually, I'd probably push him off the cliffs, <laughs> you know, and hope that he could float he back would. or he, sail he's, back. Oh, he's that lucky. He'd float. Yeah, There's no he that, that hair, float. like it just yeah, wouldn't go yeah, under. Like yeah, it'd keep him up all. in the water. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Angela? I was delighted to see Leo's. I think he's decided he's meeting Trump in Shannon, which is fair enough. Oh, right. we, he has met. Uh, I think other presidents have been met in Shannon on other occasions, and it's not. It, it is part of official precedent. So there we go. Compromise solution. Leo 
meets. Okay, so no issue. I think he should go down, flaunt the Irish uh, coastal scene, get the pictures in, get Doonbeg, whether it's Doonbeg or anywhere, it's Ireland. Get the tourists in and everybody's happy. Dalik, Dalik could welcome you. He'd be very welcome in Dalik. I'm telling you, if he was on my doorstep, I would welcome him with open arms because the world is looking at him. The only thing is no one else would get into your Do you know the only thing? Cavalcade. You wouldn't want him to give you a tip. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Never refuse a tip. Mind boggles. <laughs> oh my word, what fun we're having. Listen, I'll take the break a little early and it'll give us a good run into three o'clock then. If you want to join in the conversation, 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. I'll read your comments when I come back, I promise. Still to come, the climate emergency. Are you willing to pay? And parents in Rathode College, no iPads for the new term. Thank you for all of your comments. Frank's been on to say, Jerry, excuse me, what's your accent got to do with your intelligence? I know what you're talking about there, Frank, when we're talking about the city slickers giving a kick into politicians rather than the country folk. Thanks for that. I do. I understand what you're saying. And thanks for the comment, Frank. Another caller, Maria Bailey's entirely wrong. Health and safety has gone too far because of people like her. Ella says, years ago, I worked in a casino in Cork and all our tips were divided and 30% was taken by our boss and was used to give free fruits back to the customer. Well, I suppose a bit of innovation there, Ella. But you were losing out, of course. Hi, Jerry. What about the claims in the news of how many people with high-flying jobs have gone to court over someone calling them some name or other to get megabucks? It's stupid. It's ridiculous, says Betty. You're right there. Don't Couldn't disagree with you on that one. Let's move on. The green wave. The green wave. Look, at seriously, the world is in peril and the, the climate is uh, deteriorating. And they're saying that we have only years to put this right. But on foot of the green wave and all that's happened in the elections, Kira Burke, there's one question here. We have to change our habits. Yes, that's for sure. And we can do that. But this is going to come at a cost. Do you believe people in Ireland will pay? Well, I think that it will, like, say, for instance, on a small scale, like I'm trying to get our kitchen to recycle a bit better in the in the cafe and at home. I'm looking at the single-use plastic, the bottles. And I know I was on holidays a few years ago and I must have drank about 20 of them a day because they'd be on the street and you'd... you'd, And, like, there are seas of single-use plastic just floating around and it's just desperate. So every time I see, and I have them at work and I have them in the the cabinet, chilled, lovely bottles of chilled water in single-use plastic bottles. And it's just going to have to stop. It's just going to have to stop. We're going to have to either go back to the 10p, back to via recycle bottle or whatever to bring it back. Or we're going to have to, like, actually, years ago, we were very recyclable. You mm-hmm. know, it's only the plastic thing has bought yes. us very... We've become a throwaway society yeah, with but so much. we're very throwaway. But then I was thinking, OK, what am I going to do? Then I was looking up these cartons, you know, the Tetra Pak do a carton and it's kind of... Uh, but it's still, there is still plastic in it because you have to have some sort of plastic to keep the water in the bottle mm. or in the in the pack. And then I was like, OK, well, maybe I'll get a filtration system that will make my Dulique tap water taste much nicer. Because, I mean, we do get a lot of lime in our water around here and everything. But are people going to pay for it? You know, that's the going, question yeah, That's here. the tap. So I can say, OK, you can have Dulique tap or you can have my lovely Sage and Stone filtered water, uh, which is a euro a bottle. Are they going to pay for it? 
That's the I don't question. Know. And that's just water. There'll be more taxes on fuels, you know, the petrol and diesel mm. cars as well. You know, the converting to electric will be at a price also and everything else that goes and along uh, with sorry, it. Sorry, again, the LP, the Caller Gas were on to me the other day and they have this new LPG that's uh, much more biodegradable or whatever. And if that's going to come to me as a cost, I'm, I'm going to have to put that onto my And my pass it on to customers. On, so. Will we pay Angela McCormick? I, I, we are going to have to pay, but we, I think it's going to take a huge, I think it's unfortunately going to take possibly an environmental catastrophe because it's, I mean, it's great that Kira is thinking around the lines that she's mm. thinking and the solution to your problem is that people carry little plastic bottles that themselves that they fill up because I've got one mm. of them. But, um, yeah, but how, how do you wash them? Do you come oh, no, you, cup, right? only, you, you can only use them at home. Like, I mean, you can carry them no, around your hand. You know the coffee cups, right? Yeah, so people come in and they have manky looking coffee. So I have to... Um, oh, you oh, have to God. wash the coffee I have to wash it. Oh, so actually no. I saw the other day, I was in a place where they have a self-washing coffee, uh, cup, coffee cup washer thing, like yeah. a glass washer. Mm. And it was there beside before you, you got your coffee, it. which was but a good idea. big picture stuff, uh, um, David Attenborough is doing a wonderful job. The the the, 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 the all of the world organisations who are bringing our attention to we are facing environmental catastrophe, but none of us want to actually change our lifestyles and the entire capitalist system. Terribly sorry, but my view is the entire life that we live has got to come has got to be radically mm. changed. And none of us in as in and in individuals, my recycling the bottles and you. All of our small contributions can only just be small contributions. We actually need big global changes. And and I don't know how that's going to happen because we have people like Trump in power who don't even admit that there is such a thing yeah. as tr- climate change. Yeah. It And I kind of wonder, and I hate to say it, do we? is it going to require some awful, horrible tidal wave or some environmental yes. catastrophe to change Globally, before we wake up to it completely, yeah. Carmel. I think there is going to be ha- have to be a huge global wake up, a huge call from from Mother Nature on this one, because we're all saying yes, we 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 do our little bit, and our little bit is good. But when you think about it, the plastic bottles, and we're all guilty of uh, of drinking out of them and throwing them into the green bin, then or whatever. But like back in the mid eighties, I remember you know someone having uh, a sparkling water and I'm going bottled water now I've mm. heard it all and so, like years ago you drank it out of the tap or out of a well or wherever mm. now as I say where it's bottled and we'd be afraid like that we'd contaminate ourselves if we went to the well you know <laughs> so we've got to change our thinking but are we willing to pay I don't think so. We're going to have to be forced to pay. Now, a, a number of years ago, I say about 10 years ago, I got solar panels into the house. And at the time, you know, they cost me, I think, around seven or eight uh, thousand. But during the summer, it's great. I have scalding hot water. So long term, that investment, I'll get my money mm. back on it. And it's great to think I'm getting this from the sun. Uh, 100% natural mm. and uh, like I wish I could do more I wish I could you know do the heating that way that there could be some system brought in mm. so I think that there, there have to be initiatives brought in to help people and give them more grants not uh, the grants are a bit token to be quite honest with you because you still have to have the, the, the hard cash to fork yes. out to get stuff and that's the problem OK time will beat us I want to get to this one uh, Michael Reid was talking this morning about it on his show parents of students at Rathod College have requested that school management postpone their iPad teaching policy for incoming first year students from this September until a review comes uh, is, is undertaken and this is on foot of the uh, very 
recent report that concludes that students don't interact with text in the same way when reading from screens as they do with printed material. Well, I'm in that boat and it's sailed. What about you, Angela McCormick? I am in the same boat. Now, obviously, we're, we're a different generation. We're not the digital natives. But I, I think from, from what I can gather, um, the studies are showing that people retain more information and are better able to analyse. So the, the results show that even though youngsters might prefer looking at things on screens, they retain more information when it's done by text. Now, I don't have youngsters at school. I do believe, from what I can hear from friends who do, that the iPads are very useful, particularly for stuff like languages, whereby you can you can hear you you look look at your YouTube or whatever, and your French is being spoken and your Irish is being spoken. So it's it, they they do have a place, they do have a use. I think perhaps that what's happened is I was reading up about the Rathout School, and one of the things the government because sort of a government policy to make us the most digitally uh, effective or whatever the digitally orientated education system in the in the world, presumably assuming that that's going to be good for us. Well, maybe it won't be good for us. Maybe we need a little bit of time to further analyse exactly what is. Perhaps a mix would be better in mind. Yes, okay. Kira, you have young ladies. I have a Leaving Cert, a Junior Cert, a first year. The first year student is going through her house exams at the minute. She's like she has her phone in one hand and the book in the other. The phone is for well, I'm sure there's Snapchat on it on, at, at some point, but but she there is other references though. But she's definitely writing out answers and writing out stuff. He loves me. He loves me. Yeah. Not. He loves me. No, but he de- loves but me. But not. around the house, I have these plastic sheets that are you can peel them off, and while they're eating their breakfast in the morning, they're rhyming off whatever on which what is written on their so they're writing out notes, and they're rhyming them off or whatever. So the written word is definitely what they're looking at as opposed to a screen. Mm. Now, but they don't have, they're not in the laptop uh, school. They're in a traditional, but they definitely use both mediums in terms, like they all have the whiteboards at school mm. and they all have that interaction of stuff. But they use, like their teachers send them emails at night time about this is what you're, yeah, they get emails from their teacher about different things and they have uh, notes, look up this on Google, Google this, Google mm. that. And I'm giving out to them about using their phones. But teacher said I meant to be doing that. So I have, I think there's a nice balance there with the whiteboard, yeah. the written yeah. and the technology yeah. as well. But I, I'm not, I'm not, against the technology okay. I've had to be Right I would feel that you know there's a place for both definitely now there's if, and I, I I prefer if I'm okay I'll go on and I'll Google stuff but if I have to read a report I print it off underline it it stays in the brain longer but also too we've got to think about eye fatigue we've got to think about them stooping all the time reading uh, iPads and that and so it's you know musculoskeletal issues you know there's there's huge huge factors come into play here it's not just the one thing of the learning and I think we have to consider it long term well being as well we don't want people going around like uh, as I say permanently stooped over from uh, iPads and from phones like whereas with a book you have some hope of lifting it up and sitting upright in the chair and reading it that way with your iPad you can't because of the screen Mm. so I think there's a place for both but I think 
balance is the key here. Absolutely, with everything in life. There we are, we're at the end of a most interesting hour. We've covered an awful lot of ground. I want to say a big thank you again to Carmen McCarthy from EMS and Associates, uh, Kira Burke from Sage and Stone. Jerry, can I just say, I want to wish my daughter Millie uh, uh, best of luck in her leaving cert and her, uh, my daughter Jane best of luck in her junior cert and all their friends. All of the students undertaking the exams. Yeah. And I want to say a big thank you, of course, to the brilliant Angela McCormick from Media Consult. Thank you very much, all of you, for joining me on Thanks, the show Jerry. today. Take care. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. Leon Blanche is on the line and it is a mega weekend of sport again. And we're going to concentrate on soccer this week. And Leon, starting this evening with the local clubs, Dundalk in Premier League action against Sligo and Drogheda down in Wexford. Uh, look, I mean, to be fair, Jerry Dundalk are on an unbelievable run of form. They've won 10 out of their last 11 league games and it's put them right back up at, at, at the top of the Premier Division. They're level on points with Sean McRovers. And I think all Dundalk fans will be hoping that this... Um, superb run of form continues at home against Sligo and you'd have to say they should um, collect all three points they're a very short price to do so they're 9-2 to two on Sligo are 12-1 to one, and the draw here is 9-2 to two. and as I said the run of form that Vinnie Perth has his men on having had a slow start to the season it's fair to say but the way he's got them back playing a beautiful brand of football I think Dundalk are going to take all the beating let alone against Sligo but I think they're the team that everybody has to beat in terms of winning the Premier Division And their neighbours Drogheda we have to say in the First Division they've just come with a great run they're only two points off the top yeah, look, I mean, they're going very well as well. I think they beat Kevin Teeley, uh, uh two matches ago. I think it was 5-0. They beat Galway last week, 3-0. And as you rightly said, they're only two points off the top of the table. They've won four out of their last five games and they travelled to play Wexford. And the Drogheda management, the Drogheda players should be full of confidence. They're on a serious run. They want to get back onto the, up to the Premier Division. I think we all want to see them back there. They're 1-2 to two to beat Wexford away from home. Wexford are 9-2. to two. And the draw is 3-1. to one. So hopefully, Drogheda can continue this very good run of form. I'm sure, Leon, Liverpool and Spurs fans are a little envious of you because when I tell them that, you will be at the match in Madrid tomorrow night. I will be at the match tomorrow night, Jerry. Yeah, I was one of the lucky people to get a ticket. Um, I'm going up, uh, travelling up to Madrid tomorrow. And look, it's going to be a very, very... I think it's going to be a close game because Spurs, when they came to Anfield, they should have beat Liverpool in the Premier League. They were by far the better team in the second half. Liverpool were very good when they beat uh, Tottenham Hotspur at Wembley earlier on in the season. And the market has spoke favourably for Liverpool. They were evens, even money, but they've now gone 6-5 to five on. And Spurs, because of that, they were 3-1. to one. They've been pushed out to 16-5. to five. But look, as I said... When both of these sides played each other, um, Liverpool won 2-1 at Anfield. They also won 2-1 at Wembley. But as anyone who watched that game, um, the goalkeeper made a horrific mistake. It was very late on and Liverpool got the three points at Anfield. But look, I think Harry Kane is going to be fit. Does Pochettino start him? And does he have the nerve to drop Lucas Moura, who of course scored a hat-trick in that remarkable comeback away against Ajax? He's 9-1 to score first. 
Harry Kane is 5-1. to one. On the Liverpool side of things, it looks as if Roberto Firmino is going to be fit. And Klopp will probably start him ahead of Divock Origi, who, of course, was the match winner against Barcelona. Salah's 9-2 to two to score first. Mane is 5-1. to one. Firmino is 13-2. to two. But interestingly enough, Origi is a shorter price than Firmino. He's 11-2 to two to score the first goal. So maybe Jurgen Klopp might stick with Divock Origi, but I'd be surprised. I think the Brazilian Firmino will come back into the team. Look, it's going to be one hell of a Champions League final, as I said, Jerry. I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'm hoping, of course, that they win the Champions League, but I just would, would not rule out Tottenham Hotspur. They're a very, very capable side on their day. They've got big match winners, the likes of Christian Eriksen. They've got Son, Harry Kane, Deli Alli. The list goes on and on, and it's going to be, I think this is going to be won by the single goal, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if this game was to finish level after 90 minutes and maybe go to extra time. Let the best team win. Hopefully, from my perspective, it's a Liverpool victory. Yes, Leon Blanche from Boyle Sports joining me there as usual on Friday. And after the break, we're going to Madrid because it is the big game tomorrow night, the Champions League final. And we have local interest, big local interest in both teams. And we'll be talking in a few moments to both a Liverpool and a Spurs fan in Madrid. All eyes on Madrid tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock. Champions League final kicks off and it's an all Premier League affair between Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool. Spurs going for their first ever Champions League Cup. Uh, Liverpool, well, they have a number in the bag already, as you know. We're going to Madrid now, where we're joined by Noel Farnan from Maharit Clune. He's a big Spurs fan. And Michael Brennan follows the Reds from Liverpool. He's from Talonstown. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing, Jerry? Good to talk you to you both today. You Good to see you both. And uh, you're both there. Are you close to one another? Do you know who you are in the city? You're probably poles apart. He is with the different crowds. Michael first. Michael, where are you? Um, I mean... How's the Grande? That's, um, oh, it's, it's, it's pretty central, no? It's pretty central, yeah. yeah you're in the centre of the city. Noel, are you near the centre at all? I'm not that far from it either, so I'm not. I'm in the Czech centre, so I am, which is fairly central, so it is. All right, she might meet up at some stages. Have, we'll, we'll swap numbers at the end of this interview. Noel Farnan, I'll begin with you. Tottenham Hotspur fan all your life. Have you a ticket for the game? I haven't a ticket, and I don't see me getting money either. So you went out there without a ticket? Absolutely. And? Um, it only happens for a Tottenham fan of my age. It hasn't happened before, so um, it's great to be here. There's a great buzz around. Got mm. here. Well, it was a long trip. So as we flew out last night into Alicante and drove up this morning, a four and a half hour drive. Right, so it's been a long old journey there. And and you you think you have no hope of a ticket. I just want to warn you, I was talking to Leon Blanche from Boyle Sports a few moments ago. He is out there. Of course, he has a ticket. But he said to warn you, don't get into the uh, ticket business unless you're 100% sure there's a lot of dud tickets knocking about. There is, yeah. There is a lot of duds around. Um, yeah, look at... Um, and even at that, probably if you're getting it in reasonable price, it's a dud. Yeah, that's that's true. You'll pay big money for the actual match yeah, ticket itself. Yeah, where are you going to watch it, Noel? And I take it there's a lot of other people in the same boat as yourself. There is a there is a lot of people in the same boat. Um, look, everybody's scrambling around at the minute. The fan zones are closing at six tomorrow evening, so yeah. Mm. So there's going to be no screening in the fan zone. So it's a matter of trying to find a pub with 
more sports fans than Liverpool fans. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do that, uh, no problem. Michael, what about you? Have you got a ticket? I have, Jerry. thank God, yeah. Oh, you yeah. have a match ticket? I have indeed, yeah. One of the lucky ones, thank God. I'll say this to you. If somebody came up today and offered you the figures that I'm hearing, five, six, seven, eight thousand euro or more, would you sell? Not for eighty thousand, Jerry, no. For nothing? Nothing would buy that ticket off you? No, no, no. Uh, it's it's something that Liverpool might get here again, but I mightn't, so. Yeah. No. It's precious, and I admire you, Michael, and, and that's the way to do it. When you get to something like this, treasure it and, and mind it. Who are you out there with? Are you in company? Have others got tickets with you? No, I mean, yeah, well, the chap I'm with, Brendan Lynch, he's, he, he has a ticket as well, yeah, too. We're so lucky enough to have a ticket. I applied for them in January, Jerry, and booked the trip three months ago. There. <laughs> um, uh, having the faith when you follow Liverpool and the Glade Rangers Jerry you just have to uh, live in hope live in hope <laughs> well and certainly certainly on the Glide side that is the greatest hope that you have in your life I understand that for sure so but I'll to. tell you one thing you were a confident man three months ago and what did you I know I spoke to you before but on them 3-0 down to Barcelona so you were going to put it on eBay were you to sell it Oh, definitely not, Jerry. Sure, it would be an experience in itself to to go to a Champions League final trip to see Lionel Messi in in the flesh. Sure, that wouldn't it be a yeah, wouldn't it be a great yeah. thing to see? You know. Anyway, but, uh, not, thank, yeah. thankfully Liverpool pulled it out of the fire <laughs> and then see them instead. Yeah, you're going to see Mo Salah in the flesh and uh, yeah. all the other guys as as well. Uh, I take it like Noel. There are a fair few Liverpool fans ticketless as well. Yeah. Most lads that we've been talking about since we arrived, uh, no tickets or even lads coming over. I seen coming from 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 Dublin there this morning. There seemed to be an awful lot of people on just coming over for the for the banter and the build up and and just to be here in Madrid. You know, mm, isn't, so, it, isn't it amazing? I say, well, counting our blessings. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be there and you have a ticket. Okay, we have to talk about the game itself. Back to you, Noel Farnan. Tottenham second favourites with the Bookies. We heard a short while ago from Leon. Um, they, when you think of how they got to the final, I was just watching Channel 4 last night. There was a great programme on about Tottenham and Liverpool and you were nearly out in the group stages and nearly out again against Ajax. Do you believe, Noel, that this could be your time? It's well, it truly could be, yeah. Um We've been out on a number of occasions, according to a lot of people, so we have. But, yeah, and still, when the final whistle was blown, we're still in there. Mm, you are. Um, like, when you play in the Champions League, you want to play the top clubs. And you don't want to be playing the small clubs. You want the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus. You want to be meeting those teams in it. They're the big knights for the year. Mm. And, uh, right, if you, if, if you go out when you're playing those teams, you go out when you're playing those teams. But mm. you need to be playing those teams when you're playing in the Champions League. Well, you're playing the mighty Liverpool tomorrow night. What's your prediction? Give us a score prediction, Noel. Oh, uh, <laughs> Will we go with 2-1? To Tottenham. Absolutely, I couldn't go any other way. <laughs> Michael Brennan, I'll let you respond. Liverpool are the uh, aristocrats of the European Cup. They've won it so many times. They lost in last year in the final. You surely believe as well that uh, your time has come. Absolutely, Jerry. I think I think uh, after the Barcelona results, you know, it's just amazing. I think uh, they, they'll not leave it behind them this time. But we bet for us twice this season. But I hope I'm not singing... Uh, Two out of three ain't bad <laughs> at the end of the game, you know. But hopefully, hopefully we we pull it off. It won't be easy, now, I suppose. 
Oh, Liverpool won, but hopefully it won't be tomorrow night. What do you think on a scoreline? Will it be settled in the 90 minutes? Could we see extra time? Ultimately, well, uh, a penalty shootout? I, no, I'd say uh, both teams will score. I'd say Liverpool... 2-1 OK so you're both on the opposite ends of the two there you for Liverpool and, and, and Noel for Tottenham on the other side for Klopp just a moment like he's he, he needs to win a final now Klopp he's lost what is it how many in a row has he lost well this will be his tour like you know yeah. he, uh, well with Liverpool you know mm, so mm. He, he's going to have to keep the critics away like as a Liverpool fan you couldn't criticise him so you know to accumulate the points he, he did this year and not win a league like it's criminal really but um, to keep the critics away he's going to have to lift the trophy you know Yeah. To just put that to bed you know but you know hopefully tomorrow night that will be, that, be put to bed that will happen and Noel similar for your man what a job Pochettino has done with not a whole lot of money spent in the last couple of years it's been remarkable his future assured at Tottenham do you think? Uh, certainly um, his future is secure at Tottenham um, like Tottenham fans could only dream about being in Champions League finals in the past now it's actually happening yeah and it's, it's uh, fantastic even as a gunner I wish you well tomorrow night I wish both of you well and as a gunner I'm hiding under a rock since uh, <laughs> Wednesday night I burned the shirt and I won't say I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything I, else I, I, I was travelling over the last couple of days you didn't hear how the Europa League final <laughs> will you stop the lights <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were all in them we were all in them <laughs> <laughs> anyway boys listen enjoy Madrid be safe come home safely enjoy it whether you're at the game or there right beside it and the atmosphere afterwards may the best man win but I wish you both well known Best luck, Michael. Yeah. Thanks, and just to, before we let you go, we're going to play out with the Tottenham song and the Liverpool song, just to make sure we don't upset anybody on either <laughs> side. Thanks, Happy Noel. Days. Thank you, Michael. Take Thanks, care Gary. of yourselves. Bye, you, bye, bye, bye. That's it on late lunch for another week. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to your listeners for joining us every day, and to my producer Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, Louise. Couldn't do this without you. So we will hear a little bit of the Tottenham song and, of course, the Liverpool anthem before we finish up today. Best of luck to both sides. Have a lovely bank holiday weekend and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch from Tuesday at half one. We'll see you then. Sweet silver
sound of love. Walk on through the wind. Walk on through the rain. For your dreams be Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required, and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drada, or Cavan. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Cartmac Cross Credit Union, where you'll find the best car loan to get you on the move. Talk to one of our team today at Cartmac Cross Credit Union, O'Neill Street, or CartmacCrossCU.ie.